Welcome to Someone Else's Movie, the podcast where an actor, writer, director, or nebulous industry figure gives a little love to a movie they didn't make. I'm Norm Wilner, senior film writer for Now Magazine, and this is the other thing I do. My guest this week is Ronnie Rowe Jr., an actor you may have seen on Dark Matter, Murdoch Mysteries, or Republic of Doyle, for starters. He also plays the title role in Corey Bowles' debut feature, Black Cop, which premieres at the Toronto International Film Festival tonight, Tuesday, September 12th, at 9.30pm at the Scotiabank Theatre. Ronnie picked La Haine, the intense 1995 feature from actor-turned-writer-director Matthew Kesevitz about three young friends, played by Vincent Cassell, Hubert Koundé, and Saïd Tagmaoui, living in the same banlieue outside Paris, where social tensions are about to explode under pressures both internal and external. Shot in black and white with a strong sense of place and three magnetic leading actors, it exploded out of the Cannes Film Festival, picked up momentum at TIFF, and then rolled out into the world to make stars of Cassell and Tagmaoui and Mark Kasovitz as someone with a future behind the camera as interesting as the one he'd had in front of it. This is someone else's movie. I mean, it's... Uh, because of how rel- relative it is, yeah. it was able to withstand 22 years, and you could watch it right now and be like, this could have been filmed last year. Yeah. I was just talking to somebody about Aki Karasmaki's new film, which is like, it's exactly the same story as Le Havre. It's an European man helping an immigrant from the Middle East, mm-hmm. and... He told that story six years ago, and now it just has so much more. Like you just you get nervous watching this gentle film, just because the world is meaner than it used to be. And oh. this, like that's Lahaine is a mean movie to begin oh, with. Oh my gosh! It's it, 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 and that's another thing was the grit of the mm-hmm. movie, right? Um, just and and the relationships because you know growing up and and playing basketball, you you have these bonds with people, and and then you got to see the the transition of the bond throughout the movie, right? And yeah. how they got into the little bickering thing and. And at the end, um, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. that's why I had to go with it. <laughs> it's a great choice, and it's one that I had, you know, like I had forgotten just how. Um, well, I hadn't forgotten how intense it is, mm-hmm. certainly, but I'd forgotten just how there were all of these films that came out right after, you know, Reservoir Dogs, basically. Yeah. Oh boy, that yeah. inspired people to do dialogue-driven crime pictures where mm-hmm. the crime is almost incidental it's really more about the relationships definitely and then this comes out and it just felt like uh, another explosion like a different level of it because Kasovitz I think because he's an actor as well just lets those people push through genre and cliche and yeah. just become real in a way that maybe they wouldn't have been with somebody else doing and it. that jumped out of the film to me you know what I mean mm-hmm. like how real they were like like Saeed, like his his comedic timing, and it, like it was it was so nice to watch again. I was just like, these guys are so good, and um, like I mean, there was a moment. Um, I remember when um Vincent Cassell was in the movie theater, mm-hmm. and he's just there sitting down, and he just picked his nose, and rolled it and flipped it. And I'm like, Dad, this is magic. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was just like, ah. Oh. Yeah, and it, 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 there were so many elements of the movie that made me feel like that and I was like that's why I wanted to talk about this I was like even though it has the subtitles you even if you didn't have them you would know exactly what was going on yeah you know and that's the it's the intensity of the performances and the the visual sense that that Cassavitz brings to it yes. I mean, it just goes out of the gate right away oh. it's, it's somebody it's, it's like reading a first novel where they put everything in because they might never have another chance to do mm-hmm. it and you're just 
overwhelmed by the mise-en-scene and the, and the immersion and the fact that you, yeah, you get to watch Vincent Cassell pick his nose and it's like, yeah, that's a human moment that oh, you never see in a movie. And exactly. then also someone's being stabbed, right? Like, there's just so much stuff that flies at you. It, it was great. And then also the music that he, he connected to the film. Mm-hmm. I thought it was so beautifully orchestrated, you know, and especially like, because I, like the hip hop culture is so, there's these underlying underlying tones of message yeah. and even with the F the police thing when the DJ's just up there and how it resonates with young people so watching that I was just like the music was speaking to me and it, it, it was just so timely it was, it was just perfect like yeah. I just I enjoyed it so much well yeah uh, what was your first experience of it when did you first see it um, it was actually because uh, I was doing a short film and a director was like we, we were using references and Lehand was the the reference film. Okay. So I checked it out and I was like, <laughs> I'm like, wow! I'm like, this thing is crazy. So how old would you have been? Like, at what point did, did this enter your life? This uh, maybe about, uh, I would say about seven years ago. Okay. So so it wasn't that long ago, yeah. but it was. But you're at the right point to see it. At, oh my gosh! Because I could really appreciate what was going on. You know, I mean. You know, as a as a black guy, sometimes you get profiled. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and this had undertones that I could really relate to. And I, I really I really liked how I seen diversity in the film as well. Mm-hmm. Like you had every aspect or or most aspects. Yeah. You know, so I I really appreciated that as as well. It was, yeah, it was, the, the textures of the cinematography. I mean, um, one of my favorite parts is or when they're on the bridge, and the shot pulls in. And the background is is just doing all this. It was doing like an Inception thing, and <laughs> yeah. I was like, "This is a 1995 film, you know." So he he was definitely an innovator with a lot of things as well. Yeah, it's showy, but it it all serves the film definitely. Just like the music, when you you mentioned uh, the the club scene, everything that happens is designed to sort of push us into the context of it. Of like we're we're in the space. Huh, this sounds so pretentious we're in a space that feels absolutely real and absolutely cinematic at the same time like you're just dropped in and we have to figure out where we are and who these people are and what they mean to each other and and also all of these other uh racial and economic and 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 societal pressures that are just kind of ping-ponging back and forth throughout the entire film and and when they get resolved it's like it's not always positive it's not a it's it's a yeah you keep wanting them to solve the situation they're in, but they don't have a chance. Well, like, like, that's not where they're coming from. Right. Well, adding to that, like, because when they're in the um, the the art gallery, mm-hmm. and, and they're trying to talk to the girls, and then they're just like, "Oh, you guys are like hoodlums or whatever," and yeah. just how that set them off. But stuff like that happens all the time, you know. So it it, it the little sprinkles of, of of moments that he he put into the film were just fantastic. Yeah, it's um, it's somebody Castlevitz is somebody who I keep underestimating mm. which sounds dumb because this movie is 22 years old and I know That's what he's so capable close. of right? yeah. but yeah when he pulls out a stylistic moment it just you just live in it you, Definitely. it isolates and, and preserves and, and yeah I'm, I'm realized now I'm going through this movie in my head and I'm just thinking about the emotions I'm not even thinking about the plot points mm-hmm. it's like I remember feeling oh oh, especially at the end and, and, and how we left it too right you didn't mm-hmm. see it but you're like Oh, yeah, I was like, yeah, it was so it was, oh, so heavy. It's so heavy, but yeah. I'm like, that's the stuff, and it's it's so funny because it it reminds me of of Black Hawk, uh, mm. of the of the film that 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 we got into TIFF right yeah. now. Yeah, well, when you brought it up, it does. I haven't seen Black Hawk yet because it's not 
uh, available for us apparently, but right. <laughs> uh, I'm sure I'm going to see it pretty soon. I hope so. But uh, yeah, when based on what I know about it, it's like yeah, that that echoes really distressingly closely that 20 years later, this this same stuff is still going on. And and, and it's so crazy. We again, it's the the, the relativeness of the the story of what's mm. what's being told. It's like, I mean, it's it's about a police officer that gets racially profiled and then says, you know what, I've had enough, and starts to profile the profiler. Okay. And, um, I mean, it's that what-if scenario. You know, I never want something like that to happen, but it's like, again, the the purpose of the film is to just start a conversation and be like, well, yeah, what if that happened? You know, would it be taken the same way that some of these instances have been taken? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's very interesting. So it's a... Uh... Like a dark mirror kind of situation yeah. to, to our own society, rather that, than an episode of Black Mirror, which that sounded like. Right. <laughs> um, but it's, yeah. So you're you're, in terms of the, the hypothetical of it, the what if of it, is it does it play like a, Lahane doesn't play like a revenge fantasy or anything like that. No. So is it the same kind of, tone or theme? I, I would I would say that it has a similar tones, and I, again, it's just. When put into situations, it's like, what would you do? And it's after after Black Cop gets profiled, it's, he's like, well, you know, what am I doing? Mm. You know, like so many people that look like me are experiencing this. And it's like, you know what? I'm going to make them know how it feels for a second. And and, and that's what starts the world win on his little, his little escapades, right. you know? So it's not an abuse of authority, but a redirection of it? Um, I, I think it is an abuse okay. of authority. He's 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 using it, but I mean, just like Lahan, right? The the police officers were abusing their authority, right? But they're not ever portrayed as sympathetic within the course of the film, right? Like right. We, we have the perspective of our heroes is that these guys are imposing themselves on their world, definitely. And the tension that drives the ten, like the tension that runs through the entire movie is that at any given moment, anything you do is subject and suspect, and they can't truly be themselves, right? Because it's read as an act of aggression, mm-hmm. which is something like we all knew it in 1995. That, that there's nothing in it that's surprising. I think it's just the fact that you're being forced to consider how these people, how these characters, have to function. Right. And that was something no one was talking about. Right. We had like the Rodney King thing had just broken, and the riots were a few years earlier, and it was all really fresh. But racism was. I was going to say was being dealt with, but it still is being dealt with in the abstract, right? Like, because nothing's changed. No. (laughs) I was just reading something today where someone pointed out that the the whole problem with this alt-right and the new Nazi thing is that they can argue that, oh, I'm not a Nazi, rather than stop being a Nazi. Right. You just, you you never get to the core of the problem, which is that there are Nazis. They're just busy taking issue with your specific words Mm -hmm. and your specific tone, and it you never have the real conversation. You never really talk about what's wrong. And the same thing's going on in, in La End, but everyone in the movie is, like all the characters in that world, acknowledge it. They're right. they're swimming in it. They right. can't pretend it's not happening. Mm-hmm. The racism is directed at them and the, the pressure is directed at them. So, of course we're on their side. Right. They're... And, and, and I mean, within the Black Cop, the film, mm-hmm. there are hints to, to really see how Black Cop is feeling as a a human as well as a police officer you know so you get both sides of that um I, just for the listeners his character is 
defined, described, only named black cop. Correct. So it's not like you're yeah, right, saying yeah. title of the movie over and over again. Right, yeah. It's a limited way to get it into well, my, my name is Black Cop in the movie. So do you know what the character's real name is? Did you make one up or decide on it? Or is it like totally abstracted on that level? It, it was is completely abstracted, and 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 I like that as well. I mean, I I, I created my my backstory and, and and stuff like that. But yeah, that's that's all he was. Um, you were talking about being immersed in racism and being aware that 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 awareness is driving everything, right? And so so with Black Cop, you, you were you were saying the question that we were talking about before. You're um, I can't remember exactly what you asked. Oh me. well, just about how in the end everyone we're always on the side of these you know like gangsters, these right? Criminals, thugs, however you want to describe them, because we see where they're coming from and we see the pressure that's being applied to them constantly. Mm-hmm. There's never a question that the police are their friends or that they're, these authority figures are going to be helpful to them. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and I think in terms of Black Cop, uh, it's hard for, I mean, like, really think about it, though. You, you have these black police officers that are seeing, you know, people that look just like them get killed in cold blood, essentially. And it's like, what is, what is, like, what is that person going through? Yeah. You know, and and that's exactly what it is. It's just like plopping you in the middle of that and being like, okay, well, this is how this is the struggle that that I feel some of these police officers are going through. It's like, like how is this? How how can that be justified? Yeah, you know, I I always wonder about the the situation of if you're a cop, if you're a black police officer mm-hmm. in say Toronto. Do you not know that this is happening? Are you actively denying it? Like, where do you have to be to operate in this world when you're part of it? And is like, does it become like a hashtag? Not all white cops. Do you do you differentiate? Well, did you did you do that kind of research? Well, I, well, I have I have like an uncle that's a, a police officer, and I mean he's just like you know I'm aware of the situation, but it's it's a brotherhood at the same time you know so and he has peers that are white and every other color and i mean you have to you have to look at it colorblind as a police officer but I, I, there is a boiling point you know what i mean where it's just like okay enough is enough and and that's all this situation is is saying you know what what if someone just actually hit that point and this is the result of it Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I just think it's an interesting take, and I was—it it was very interesting and fun to do. Yeah, I'm really curious to see where it goes. Yeah. Um, has it? Have you screened it for people? Like, has, has it? No, it's—it's it, full-on world premiere. Yeah, cool. At home, so it's yeah, it's it's exciting. That's gonna be weird. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, you're gonna have if you have a red carpet, you're gonna have paid duty cops right out front. Yeah, and just like, hey guys, you can invite them in. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, yeah, I, I hope. Hopefully, they they're not too mad at me, but um, yeah, no, I, I'm very excited. I think it's going to be great. I, I think it's going to be well received, but it will just start conversations, and mm. and that's what I'm hoping that it does. You know, and if people get upset, I think there's you have to go into deeper conversations or thought with why it's upsetting you. You know what I mean? I yeah. think it's um, people are able to empathize when they see somebody that looks like them go through something, and I think. That's what this this uh, this film will do. Yeah, I think the the great thing about cinema too is that it lets you empathize with people who you have no connection to whatsoever. Like, I mean, again, Cassell, right? right. In the end, is just somebody who I realize now I've pronounced the title like six different ways. <laughs> yeah. uh, but Cassell was so like, he was such a discovery in that film because mm. he is so 
distinctive. Yep. I mean, in person, it's it's one of those things, right? You know, some actors look exactly like they do. Vincent Cassell looks exactly like he does on screen, yeah. but bigger. Yeah. He's much taller than I would have expected. So mm-hmm. I met him in Cannes once, and he's just like, it's like a raven coming right at he's you. He's like, whoa. This big, beetly <laughs> forehead and yeah. pointy features. And like just the idea that you could cast him as someone sympathetic is great because yeah. he doesn't have that look. And at all, yeah. The more time you spend with him, the more you relate to this guy and, and everyone else as well. Like It's not an alienating experience to see people's lives on screen if you have nothing to do with them. Like, you know, you used to describe cinema as the empathy machine. It mm-hmm. makes you feel. Definitely. Uh, and if you do it right, you can feel for people that you'd never otherwise know. Definitely. So, yeah, I'm kind of curious about this this nameless character who uh, either goes on a rampage or doesn't. No one's telling me anything. It's kind of interesting. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, he, he, he goes, he goes somewhere. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> I do want to know. I want to find out for myself. Right. But uh, yeah, that's going to be, that's going to be like a bomb dropping in the middle of the festival. This, this thing is just going to be out there. And yeah. I have to talk about it. Yeah. It's, 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 uh, yeah, I think it's great. Have you been drawn into the, the ongoing stuff in Toronto as you know, like, as the police situation continues to mutate, as Black Lives Matter continues to be in the way, do you feel like there's a way forward? Because um, now, I'm, obviously, we have to talk about literally everything. It's, it's okay. I, no, I have no idea how to articulate these questions. No, um, I mean, I think the biggest thing is is empathy, mm-hmm. right? Um, we, we all just feel, and I, I just feel we need to just look at things with empathy a little bit more. Um, and a lot of times people are just like, oh, yeah, but there might be a reason why the cop did that. I mean, if we just strip it down to its barest things, wrong is wrong and right is right. Yeah. We and, know it when we see it. Right? Yeah, you know what I mean? And and it's, it, again, I, I think it would be more impactful if people started voicing the wrong in it. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, I do. I, I know a, what a little bit more, but I, I understand why people don't as well. Right? Yeah. It's like, I have family members who just insist that the police are writing everything, and you know, like they're they're because they perceive the police as standing between good know, and e- well, yeah, them and chaos, <laughs> yeah. right? Like whoever it is, I and I I fully believe that there are people who get into police work because they want to help people. Definitely, I mean, I've known a few, and I've also known security guards who really clearly wanted to be cops right. and just wanted to hurt people, and that was their attraction. And somewhere in the middle is probably the truth. That, yeah. And people are complicated and people are complex. And if you're carrying deadly weapons, you're probably going to want to use them at some point. Like, it's all really awful. And I'm glad I don't have a, uh, an actual stake in this conversation besides having an opinion. Like, right. I, don't, I, can't, I can work for change, but I'm not going to be able to stand down or stand... Like, now, now I don't even know what I'm saying. <laughs> um, I, uh, such a complicated issue. Yeah. But, but at the same time, it all does boil down to, no, you probably shouldn't shoot people in the back. And the idea that it's like the alien abduction thing, right? You notice how as soon as people got smartphones, the aliens stopped coming to people in cornfields. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and cops started shooting black people. Like, it's yeah, not, yeah. that didn't just happen. Right. It's been going on forever. And, and America now is proving that, you know, not only is racism a constant presence and factor, but it's thriving. Oh, man. And it's enabled. And we just got out of that dark period here, I think, with Harper leaving and Trudeau coming in. Yeah. You just want to believe people can be better, but yeah, I, I, I think I think everybody has that in them. But you know, experience and and perception, and again, like Lahan, right? Mm-hmm. Media and and it, it could it could drive you in a certain direction sometime, and 
And people just, they will listen, like whatever they hear sometimes, they're just like, yeah, that's got to be the truth yeah. without investigating. So, I mean, it's a, it's a slippery slope sometimes. Yeah. But it's amazing how like 10 seconds of camera footage of watching somebody plant a gun on a corpse will tell you everything about the world. And then there are still people who start, well, you didn't see the other 10 seconds. It's like, it's like yeah, no, that's right. You still planted a gun on the <laughs> Yeah. Table. Like, but who does that? Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's strange, but... I mean, I, I'm, I'm optimistic, you know, and I think the way to change is, is talking about what's going on, mm-hmm. right? And not acting like it's not happening. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I mean, for a couple of years, it's like, people are like, oh, yeah, everything's great. There's no racism at all. But now it, the truth is out there. And I think that's the, the upside to it is that now you know that it's real, mm. it's prominent. And now what are we going to do to move forward with this? Yeah. We should watch more movies. That's good. You can hide in the dark, but you can also learn. Definitely. Uh, you know, let's. I. I, re, I mean, I remember when when Len played Tiff, and it was a thing about, oh, it's this good French indie that you know, it's a pretty good action movie. Was how I first heard it described. It's like, yeah, you could take it that way, but there's so much else going on, and there's, there's, you know, emotional weight, there's dramatic weight, there's yeah. sociological everything. Like, the world is in this movie if you pay attention and it tells you everything about where France is going. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, now if you want to look at a, an action movie with social commentary, you get something like District 13, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Which is just a pure action movie where the background is there to be explored if you think about it and you right. understand why these people are acting the way they are and what's happening and what their values are. But also you have like a nuclear weapon in play and, and all that stuff. So you, you can fantasize it into a place where it's not a problem that can ever be addressed because mm-hmm. look that's not our world right La N gives us the world as it is it gives us Europe in 1995 and things aren't going very well right and now it's only worse but so much has gone wrong in the world it feels like we're in the wrong timeline sometimes it, it feels like a time warp it feels like a little yeah. bit of a time warp and it's it's so funny because the, the writer director Corey Bowles um, this is actually one of his favorite films as oh, yeah. well. So, and I think you, you, you'll you'll see the um, like how it influenced him because it's such a powerful movie. Um, yeah, he he, I, I, yeah, you, you'll definitely see how it resonated with him and how he projects um, Black Cop the movie. I'm really interested. Usually, the final question on the podcast is: this, What of this film has have you incorporated, but you've already kind of addressed it? Okay, good. <laughs> so you're living it. Um, is there one character you identify with more than the others? Or? Um, uh, in Lahan? Yeah. <sighs> oh wow. I think personally, or yeah, just for your own in your in your first experience of watching the movie, what did you? I, Take de- away. De- definitely Hubert. You know what I mean. He 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 wanted to be the peacekeeper within everything until that emotional eruption happened, where he was just like, "Man, really? Yeah. You know, uh, it, it broke my heart, man." <laughs> yeah. No, that stuff's always great because it is like, I think as an audience member, you're drawn to the person who's trying to make peace. Yeah. Even though conflict is what drives all cinema, right? Like, definitely. So you, you want to be on his side. But yeah, it is. It's heartbreaking to see everything just go away, like everything fall apart. But 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 you did see the the human in him, right? Because mm-hmm. he had his flaws, right? He had those things. He, he was selling drugs. He was doing whatever. But you know, he was trying to keep peace until he just hit that last thing. And I loved the one of the main lines that stuck out to me in that film was, "Hate promotes hate." 
Yeah. You know, and he's the one that said it. And then he had to come in at, at the end, yeah. uh, just in case people haven't seen the film. Ah, that's their problem. <laughs> but, it's on Blu-ray. You guys can watch it. Yeah, but you know what I mean? Like, what he had, what he was pushed to. And that's what hate did. Yeah, and it's just, it is that amazing tragedy of somebody who is smart enough to see the, the way out and just not able to overcome his own emotion. And, yeah. Yeah, it, it was, it's beautiful because it's, it's, it's how a lot of people live. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's yeah, fantastic. Love it, yeah. love it. I'm gonna watch it again. Oh, that's amazing. That's great. <laughs> yeah, My thanks to Ronnie Rowe Jr., who'll be down at the Scotiabank Theater tonight, September 12th, for the world premiere of Black Cop at 9:30 p.m. It's also screening Thursday, September 14th at 7 p.m. at the Scotiabank 11, and once more at 11:45 a.m. Sunday, September 17th at the Scotiabank 9. Rush tickets should be available for all three performances, even if they're technically sold out. You can find Ronnie on Twitter at Ronnie Rowe Jr., all one word and just J-R. And you can find La N on Blu-ray and DVD in an excellent special edition from the Criterion Collection that includes an audio commentary by Matthew Kasovitz and a really good retrospective documentary made 10 years after the film's release. It's also available on iTunes. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Norm Wilner and elsewhere on the internet at nowtoronto.com. You can also find this podcast on Twitter at Semcast, S-E-M-Cast, and on the web at someoneelsesmovie.com. If you want to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, that would be greatly appreciated. See how I'm using Apple Podcasts now? I should get points for that. Um, Be good to your friends and don't set your neighborhood on fire, okay? Thanks for listening.